Hey, traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, September 20, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Where do you even begin today? Well, I know exactly where to begin, so you don't have to sit back, pay attention. You're going to learn a whole lot of stuff tonight. The market provided its own PhD. The first thing we're going to do is what we always do. We're going to take a look at the daily chart, make our assessment. We're going to pick apart the other stuff, and then we're going to talk about some big picture stuff. The first thing that jumps off the chart at me is the Irene number. Let's give a little refresher. Why was this the Irene number? Well, let's go back to what we were discussing over and over and over again. Each and every time the market pulled back like this, it made a higher low. Now we don't have a higher low anymore. Now we have a lower low. The market changed. Now go back to the last several videos and look at the thing, the hashtag underneath the video, but on top of the actual title of the video, there's some blue hashtags over there and you'll see one that started to appear several days ago, several videos ago. It said, trend changing rather than trend is your friend. How you doing? Why was I putting that on? It goes back to the same thing. We discussed it already. This time was starting to look different. This time was different. This time they didn't put in a quick low. They started going sideways, eating time off the clock, making one of those bearish deals. They were hovering under the 20 period moving average and over the 50. It didn't look the same, was not the same look, and here we are with a lower low. Now, let's talk about that lower low for a second because we have one of those interesting candles on our hands. We have a tail candle. We've had a spike through the 100 period moving average. We have a pseudo doji candle, as I like to call them, in the course Lazy E-Mini Trader. Is this a recipe for a bounce? Is this a recipe for a rally from this price, from this spot. Well, let's talk about that for a second. Let's go further. What have we been discussing? It was more likely that the market was going to trade either up into or down into the middle of this week, the 22nd of September, maybe the 21st, maybe the 23rd, in that zone. Also, volatility was going to appear again in the market in mid-September. What happened? It appeared pretty much before mid-September, but all the way through mid-September. It doesn't have to be done. It doesn't have to be a long-standing low, but we could have a temporary low in place. However, we have what I like to call kabuki theater happening midweek. There are no accidents, no coincidences. We're scheduled to make a pivot or trade into midweek, we have Kabuki Theater. We also have the main reason why we were scheduled to trade up or down into this time frame. And traditionally, and by the way, keep in mind, it doesn't have to happen this way. We'll talk about this in a second. But traditionally, you would see some kind of a turning point around that event midweek. So we have to be careful. We're bound to see more rodeo type behavior in the markets. Put your seatbelt on, trade tables in the upright position. Did you pack 
Dramamine. We're going to see more of this stuff. You're going to see rip-your-face-off rallies to make it look like the whole sell-off was over. And then we're going to see more selling pressure that looks like it'll never end. That's what happens when the trend changes and you go into a corrective phase. Now, could this be another low and we make higher highs? I would say the probabilities are less than it is if we didn't make a lower low. Anything's possible. I'm not taking anything off the table, but this is generally a sign that we've seen a trend change. Keep in mind, the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew will show up. We also know them as Trick and Company. They will show up, make it look like everything is fine. It was a buying opportunity. Their job is to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. Let's get back to the Irene number. 436.12 was our number, and look what the high of day today was. 436.56. The opening print was well below Irene, 434.88, and they rallied back to run a test of Irene. They failed. Irene was our spot. Now, that's not to say that they can't go back up over Irene. They can't fill the gap left open from Friday. They can do all that stuff. But getting below and closing below, doing the thing where you've got the lower low rather than the set of higher lows, that's something to pay attention to. They're going to try and fake everybody out. We all know that. Here's another example of a possible fake out. They put in a tail candle, spike through the 100 period moving average, put in somewhat of a doji slash pseudo doji candle today, and then all of a sudden tomorrow, rather than follow through to the upside from the end of the day today when they had a rip your face off rally in the last, let's say, hour and a half or so of trading, well, guess what? Instead of the follow through that a lot of traders into the end of the day would be expecting tomorrow, maybe they pull the rug out and you have a lower low. Anything goes, we have to show up in uniform ready to go every single day. That's what inside the numbers is for. Now, one more word on the trend change conversation. Now I'm speaking directly to lazy swing trader members. Couple of things. Of recent, there were a couple of long trades that didn't work out. I get that. When that happens, it's not only that a trade doesn't work out. I want to know why it didn't work out. What's happening or what happened either in the market or to that trade that caused it not to work. I need to learn something from that so that I can take it to the next trade or sometime in the future when we can use the same type of information. So what did I take away from this? The numbers were good. The trades didn't work. We were seeing a shift in the markets and I stepped away. You'll notice I didn't have any long side trades in like a week and a half. What did we have? We were short the market using the IWM, the Qs, in a couple of different ways. Why was that? Because this was always going to take place. We talked about it before. The market doesn't go up forever. It's just the way it works. We talked about this also. Remember the last few pullbacks we had? What was happening in the news when we were up here before the pullback, up here before the pullback, up here before the pullback? What was going on? The market would never go down. What was going on here before the pullback? The market would never go down. What was going on here and here and here 
and here, and so on. The world was ending. What's happening now? Is the world ending? Well, I don't know yet. What did they pin the news on today? Was it some kind of China, Lehman Brothers-like incident taking place? That's not going to crater the entire marketplace. You'll get additional news that while the market is going up, is brushed off. However, while the market is going down, that same news has the acceleration factor. We don't know what the news is going to be going forward. Maybe it's going to be linked to Afghanistan. Maybe it's going to be linked to the debt ceiling. Maybe it's going to be linked to the debt. Maybe it's going to be linked to the Fed and what they can and can't do. Maybe it'll be linked to something else. We don't know. It doesn't really matter. One thing we do know about the changing of the trend, if in fact that is the case, and I believe it is, we are now going forward in a sell the rip, and we're going to have plenty of them, sell the rip environment rather than the buy the dip environment. They got a pie in the face. There'll be other times where buy the dip does work, but we're going to be in a sell the rip environment until that changes. For those of you that don't know, what's a rip? A rip is a trader term for a big, fat, juicy rally, the kind that comes hard and fast. They're going to head to a destination. They're going to run a test of an important spot, and they're going to be rejected. That's what a sell-the-rip environment looks like when you're in a corrective phase, if in fact that's what this is. Before we get into some other charts and inside the numbers and stuff, and yes, there were trades inside the numbers today. Did traders who wanted to trade the SPY make money trading just following along through the commentary in the SPY today? And the answer was, yes, they did. We'll get there in a moment. First, I want to make mention of something else. I learned something new today. Now, in the past, you were able to see what kind of transactions hedge funds made, albeit a little bit late, not necessarily in real time, but you had an idea of where they were in terms of in the market, in certain stocks, their largest holdings. Little did we know that you could see the same stuff with the Fed governors. That was one of the things discussed this morning, and I think it took a lot of people by surprise that the Fed governors apparently, and I'm not sure I'm 100% on this, but apparently there's no rule against trading or buying positions as long as they're not in a blackout period, based on what policy they're making. It seems a little bit out there, hard to wrap your head around, seems just on its face wrong. And I think it speaks directly to why the general public just can't stand that stuff. It's wrong. Most people don't know what's happening. A very small fraction of people pay attention to the financial media on a regular basis, you have to put everything in perspective. However, it's still wrong. That's my take. It's my opinion. I'm entitled to it. And now we'll move along. Here's inside the numbers. And what I'm going to do today is run you through the commentary, highlight a couple of important things. We're going to skip over stocks on the move because nothing that was on the board hit their entry targets today. Some of them were a little bit farther in light of the pending meltdown. And none of them hit. A couple came close. They didn't hit. That's okay. We had something for everybody. We had nice, juicy SPY opportunities on the board. So it was a happy Monday. We had a gap down on the docket at zero dark 30. One of the schematics we discussed in the last few videos 
was trading down into an important time frame. We talked about that before, but this is a refresher for inside the numbers members. They're doing that so far. Time is more important than price. They're already below the Irene number in the pre-market trading. Running a test is not the same as closing the day below. They did close the day below. That's kind of an official, they had a problem with the Irene number, they gave it up. While they can recapture it, they still closed below it, and it's not the same as having a higher low. You saw what happened when they started going back and forth through that number off the 240 and the 120 chart, the breakup candle low from last week. Once they finally closed below it, they did go back above it, but guess what? It was good night, Irene. doesn't work like that every time, but it's a pretty good guideline. Here are a few early SPY numbers that matter. 434.70 is a spot if below the door begins to crack open for the next one, which is 433, give or take. This is very predictable. You knew this was coming. Right of the vertical is today's activity. 434.70 is the lower horizontal trend line. Guess what? They had a bounce. They went below it. Below in the first candle of the day was 433.92. And then they went back to where? To run a test of 436.12, got a little bit higher, but then failed. Doesn't look like much on this chart because of the wide range today. It's about 12 to 15 handles on the S&P. It was what we call nice trade. Let's just fast forward a little bit. At 924, here's the way this works for aggressive traders. 434.70, give or take, is a buy. You have to be willing to also purchase 433, give or take. They could have a rip-your-face-off rally from either number. In the early going, they shouldn't be able to get much lower. If they do, we'll comment on it. And they didn't. It's a trade, not a marriage. Let's see what else we have. And mind you, that was before the opening bell. By 9.32, remember, take profit along the way. SPY in there first, rip your face off. Nice trade for those that took the deal. We're back to watching for a while. Now, at 9.40, let's note something. 4.35 is the early pivot. Getting below and closing candles below is a problem for the bulls. Keep in mind, this is 10 minutes into the day. Staying above keeps them in recovery mode. Now let's focus on this for a minute. That was at 9.40. 9.40 is over here. So you can see, once they gave up 4.35 and got below it, it's an important spot. They couldn't get back above it. It became resistance. They kept getting rejected and finally fell away. So until they started clearing it, getting above it, showing stability above it, then the bears were in control. That's what that means. Let's move along, see what else we have. They were going back and forth for a while, so we have resistance up north and support down below, and until and unless they break in one way or another, there's really nothing else to do at that time. It's either above 436.12, Irene, and a rip-your-face-off rally, or a retest of an important spot, and if they fail, lower. That's standard garden variety market behavior. Just a little tidbit, close to 10 o'clock, here's one for you. Looking around the horn, stuff most people won't look at. The 20 period moving average on the SPY daily chart comes in at 433.84. Low of day at the time was 433.92. No accidents or coincidences. Just to get a visual on that from an intraday short-term perspective, if the 20-period moving average was down here where the line now is, 
Look what happened until they gave it up. So whether that was support or it was that area for a different reason doesn't matter. If you have more than one, more than two, more than three, it becomes what? It becomes full stack for at least some kind of an intraday bounce trade slash rally opportunity. By the way, that should have read weekly chart. It's corrected now. That was the spot. It was 433.84 on the weekly chart. Here's a picture of your weekly chart. And interestingly enough, there it is. Now it's slightly different, but that's where it was at the time. 433.75 is where it is now at up close. You'll notice they closed below it, but keep in mind, it's a weekly number. There's a lot of time left in this week. There's a lot of stuff going on this week. Let's get going, see what else we have to show from inside the numbers. You can pause the video, read the notes, and go back to the charts to double check the work. I'm just highlighting a few important things. Here at 1019, there's another proposed buy opportunity, but they would have to get there sooner than later. They didn't do that. Instead, they just ran sideways, eight time off the clock, so we don't want that any longer. Then they did the thing where they spike the low, they suck in the shorts, they snap it back. They did that a number of times today. Again, pause the video, read the notes, double check the work. See if this is something useful that you would be able to use during the trading day. Here's one for you. Let me go up to the 11.45 post. Is 4.33, give or take, the same as it was before? No. They bounced in front of it. Considering the wide range today, it wasn't that far away, so we don't want it anymore. And they're dripping rather than running fast to the number. What does that tell us? They'll likely go lower. What happened? They likely went lower. Not likely, they went lower. However, that general area and below is still important, and if tested at some point, they're likely to have a reaction in the other direction, back up north away from that area. From a trading perspective, if they ran to around 432.50, give or take, I might be inclined. And if they hit 432.10, give or take, in the same push lower, I would double down there. Need to see it in real time, back after lunchtime. Just as a picture, here's the 432.10. They did stop there. Remember, support doesn't have to be a big bounce in the other direction. It's nice when it happens, but at least they stop going down. That's the definition or the meaning of support. So 432.10 was my number. They did bounce. They gave you about six S&P handles one way or the other, and then they played some games with it for a while. And we're moving right along. Showtime for the bulls around 432, give or take. There are reasons why they should bounce, but could take some time. And obviously, they ended up bouncing, but they did go a little lower first, and there are your numbers. And on a day like today, when they're melting away, they're going to get bounces at these numbers, and they did, but then they go lower. And you don't know, on a day like today, you have no idea which one it's going to be. You might think you know, but you really don't know. I don't know. I know where important numbers are but I don't know where the low of day is going to be. Like you had a rip your face off rally from a number today. There's no way we could have known which number was going to give you the rip your face off rally until it begins. Traders who took the I would double down their comment to heart need to book profit along the way. That provided another trade. Next up, 431, give or take. Now, a question comes up. Well, why can't you just stay short the market? And the reason is, because you don't know where the rip-your-face-off rallies are going to come from, you can short the market, and that's the reason the swing traders were short the market from a longer-term perspective. We have an exchange-traded product, or we have an option that expires in November, for example. 
That's different from intraday stuff. Those are different trades. Let's continue along, see what else we have. Here's one. 111. Using time, if they're going to bounce, now is the time. If they can't, continue drip to 430 and below. Can't say they will, but if the bulls have a flicker of hope, they need to do it now. Did they try? Well, let's go over here, and we see here, this is the 110 candle, so it's pretty much right on time. What did they do? They bounced. They gave you another trade. Why did they bounce there? Because time is more important than price. Let's go up a little bit further. I'm going to expand on that. Tough trade. The now is the time trade. Those that took the deal need to book profit along the way and can hold a trailer. Never know. The low of day comes in at some point. Time is more important than price, and it came directly from the Lazy E-Mini Trader course, and it was found on more than one chart. Those that took the course should be able to find it. Find what? Find out why, how this all works. Time is more important than price. And we continue on into the end of the day. You can read the notes. They were killing the tape. And then what we did know was they would put in a low at some point, but here it is. Question comes in on email, was that low of day? Answer, on a day like today, I don't pretend to know. This type of day is in the 20% of the 80-20 rule. There's your better bounce. Two o'clock. Time's running out on the day. I'm not looking to get into another trade. Not late in the day with time running out on the sandbar. But pay attention to this one. Today is the kind of day, first it starts with beware. Today is the kind of day they can eat up a lot of points into the close in either direction. You don't know which one until they start. What happened today into the close? They ate up a lot of points into the close. So you didn't know before it started. Once it did start and you start to see a reversal candle on a 10-minute chart and a 15-minute chart and a 5-minute chart, you start to see the writing on the wall. So let's just say a trader is astute and there were plenty that were astute. So let's say you take that comment to heart. They're going to move them into the close. Let's just say that's a distinct possibility. We don't know it for a fact, but they can move them into the close. They start to put in some reversal candles on short-term charts. Well, you can take a trade against the low. Yeah, you're putting on risk. If they go back down, you have to stop out. But if you're right, look what happens. You take profit along the way, you hold a trailer, and they go right up into the close. We've done that trade before. We call it an end-of-day jam session. And then here's the rest of the notes into the end of the day. This video is running long in the tooth for obvious reasons, but we have a lot of other stuff to cover, so let's get after it. What about Camp IWM? Same tail candle. Did they run a test of a breakup candle low? Not really, but they came into it. What does that mean? They filled the gap that exists at the top of the candle. So guess what? They filled the gap, bounced off of it. That's not bearish. That's short-term bullish when that occurs. Again, doesn't mean they will or won't go down tomorrow. We don't know what you're going to wake up to. Whether you wake up to a gap down or you wake up to a gap up, either one has what probabilities? About 50-50. Also, keep in mind something. Now, it may or may not work out this way, but when we get up into midweek, we're again going to be on time. We just have to be weary that the low might not be in. Today may not mark a short-term low. We'll see. You're still above the 50-period moving average. 
and you're still going to play games with this breakup candle low, and then you have another one here. This is all from a weekly chart perspective. So as long as they're above the 50-week moving average on all-week candle closes, technically they're not going anywhere but at least hover around or back up north. In order for some real floodgate action to open, they really need to crack the 50-week moving average. Here's an Irene number for you. How about 209.05? Weekly Irene number. What about the folks down at the transportation department? They started to have a really ugly day, but along with everything else, and it's all the same market when a rising tide comes in, lifts everything up, or takes everything out to the woodshed. But here, that 13,630 doesn't really look as far away as it did just a day or two ago. We're going to keep our eye on that number below the 200 period moving average. And by the way, IWM is my favorite market leading indicator, but we all know this is number two, but it's a number one canary in the coal mine. We've been discussing this. They have not followed suit in terms of new highs with other markets. They've been melting away. They've been making bearish patterns. They've been getting below moving averages. We've been discussing it every single day. And here, they've just given up the last moving average on the daily chart. Where are we? We're paying a visit to the 50-week moving average. I want to show you something neat with the transports. Get out your notepad, your pencil, and go with me on something. I'm going to alter market symmetry. I teach market symmetry in the Lazy E-Mini Trader course. But I noticed something today. This is not the way I teach it. This is not the norm. I just notice things that other people don't see. So I thought I'd bring it to the forefront. The transports make a high, and the high was right around 16,170. Then it goes down to a low before they found some stability. That was at 14,587. They bounce up for a while, and then they make a high over here about 15,081. And guess what? When you apply the rules that I teach in the course of market symmetry, you come out not too far away. It's not exact, but 13,630, it's below that, but it's not too much below that. And here's the interesting thing. In between this price, 13,630 and 13,000 is around a breakup candle low. So we would expect them to find some stability in that zone. So guess what? When you factor in, and this is daily chart, back to the weekly, when you factor in market symmetry, you factor in we should be making some kind of a turn. Doesn't have to be long term. Could be for a week, two days, two weeks, who knows? Should be making some kind of a low. And if we do, let's say we make a low in a couple of days, mid this week, somewhere in that neighborhood, below 13,630. We'll just call it 13,300 for argument's sake. Let's say the market's down there this week. Guess what? You're likely to get a bounce away from that level in the transports. Write that down. Let's see what happens. What about the Q people, the Silicon Valley folks? What do we have here? Well, this one is slightly different. Remember, each chart is independent of one another. Here, we do not yet have a lower low. Here, the low was 359.96. Guess what? Today's low was 360.93. They do not have a lower low. So now the Bulls came out to play defense here with the Qs, and we still have technically an uptrend until 
we have a lower low on close in the queues. By the way, back to the SPY for a moment. I forgot to mention the volume before. Look at the volume today, and it doesn't really matter what the number is, 165 million shares. What matters is, what's it been doing lately, and what did it do today, and is it far in excess of what it's been doing lately? That's also something to note. Again, also with the lower lows, the spike in volume, last week we saw them gap them up in the morning, and we saw, and we talked about it, institutional distribution by selling them after the gap open. Today we had institutional participation on the downside without a shadow of a doubt. What about the financials, the XLF? Couple of things that should be rather obvious. Same kind of tail candle of everything else. It's either a meaningful low for a while or designed to suck you in and they're going lower. We don't know yet, we'll find out tomorrow. Now, we also came into what? came into the support area we talked about at least two or three times last week. No change. Smash Mouth, Woodshed Day, they changed the thing. They were trying and trying and trying to break out to new highs. They stayed above all the moving averages. We talked about it a number of times. They refused to get rejected. They kept beating on the highs, and here's the trick and company fake out. They just dropped through the floor with everything else, and today, what did they run a test of? They ran a test of a breakup candle low, bounced away, closed above the 50-period moving average to give the impression that all is fine with the tail candle. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. We need more information, and that's going to take another trading day like tomorrow. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. I am out of gas for tonight. We're going to pull the ripcord here. I'm David Frost. My strategic forecast Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.